What's up, y'all? This is the one and only shot to Thunder Willie Mac. It's your boy Hot Fire. This is Fred Ottman, Tugboat Typhoon. This is Royce, ISAAC dollar sign. This is the Callahan Death Machine and the draw and the face of Impact Wrestling, Sammy Callahan. This is the AirPod God, MLW star, Richard Holiday. And you're listening to... And you're listening to... And you're listening to... Broken But Glorious. Broken But Glorious. Broken But Glorious. Yeah. So hello everyone, it's Stephen Jackson, aka CJ215, here again with another exclusive... Uh, interview. This time I am joined and delighted to be joined by independent wrestling star El Primojino Tabika. So how are you doing, mate? I'm doing great, man. How about you? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. You know, as we just spoke about off air, you know, it's getting a little bit warmer here. It's not just as, you know, cold as it has been and it's opening up a little bit with COVID. Um, It's not just as restrictive as it has been hopefully if things keep going the way they should be going we should be looking at a bright 2021 um is it the same for you over in the us is sort of uh, covid looking a bit more positive for you it kind of is uh vaccines are getting distributed a lot quicker now um i feel i mean things are opening up but i feel like we're still kind of in like the danger zone but at least the good part is that, you know, uh, people seem to be more receptive to wearing masks and uh, following the guidelines of COVID, trying to stay home. Yeah. Um, I, I believe the numbers are still kind of high of, like, people getting contagious, uh, getting the COVID, but uh, people are getting the uh, vaccine that the places where you would test to see if you did have COVID, they're, like, closing down because now they're the vaccines. So, uh just hopefully, you know, the vaccines are going to work and we can get back to the regular norm that we were used yeah. to. Get back yeah. to wrestling, man. Oh, yeah. You know, I was about mm-hmm. to say that's the one thing as a fan I think this whole experience has taught me is that, you know, more than anything, I'm just so eager to travel the globe and watch all the wrestling, what I've kind of taken in over the past 12 months online and on tv and just go and experience it because when that privilege is taken away from you you just want to be able to go there and enjoy it with like-minded fans and you know um talent who are really doing great things including yourself you know you're one of the guys who i really want to go and seek out and watch firsthand you know um all the independent promotions of you guys like you who are doing things what are really engaging you know really fun audiences that's what i want to be part of and be um part part of that community so i'm looking forward to once things are more stable coming around the world and coming to uh california and seeing you firsthand oh thanks Vinny. i appreciate it uh have you been to uh many like indie shows or you just go to like the big shows or um I go to, I've been to the WWE um, mm-hmm. and I've been, I went to WCW years ago when I was very, very young. Um, okay. When they, just before they closed down um, in around 2000, they did a tour of the UK. Um, mm-hmm. And I didn't actually get the opportunity to go to Ring of Honor um, oh. when they came across. I was hoping to because of work commitments and things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been to like, I, I think as well, due to kind of things selling out quite quickly. So I haven't had the opportunity to see um, the Ring of Honor. And, um, I mean, Dragon Gate UK as well was one I was hoping to see at the time. Mm-hmm. But because they were based down south, it would it was kind of the expense of getting down there and work. Um, but what I am hoping to do, which is one of the things which has kind of come to me throughout this whole COVID experience, is all the wrestlers who I've been able to connect with or all the wrestlers who have... Um, interviewed from all the different countries in the next couple of years as long as everything goes fine with covid i'm hoping mm-hmm. to visit you all bit by bit and see you in person i was hoping to go to gcw um in the uk when they were due to come last year um mm-hmm. and i was just about to book tickets and then covid hit <laughs> so uh, the game, game changer wrestling right yes yeah gcw uh-huh. yeah yep, game changer yep. wrestling so i missed out on that because um, oh, they were going to do a they were going to do a tour um, with TNT Extreme and they were going to come to Liverpool 
Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. So I just missed, and I actually talked to Kevin Gill, and I said the next time you are due to come to the UK, I'll definitely um, be there. But um, but yeah, I think um, I think as well with um, a lot of independent um, wrestling, it's um, waiting for it. Well, in the one hand, it's waiting for it to come over to the UK or the wrestlers to come over to the UK. But if they don't come over to the UK you have to go and seek them out so I've kind of got more of a appetite to go out there and see the guys firsthand, like in like yourself in California or in New Jersey or I've been uh, interviewing a lot of people from um, uh, Norway and uh, Scandinavia so going up to Scandinavia as well in Europe so lots of places to go on the map yeah so um, have you been to a lot before that's the good question actually so I, well, it's a two-part question, but mm-hmm. um, what was your or what are your earliest memories of wrestling? And with that, did you attend a lot of wrestling shows growing up? So the first, well, it's like a two-separate answer. Like before, um, I was like scrolling through the channels. I was probably what like seven, and. Uh, I found what I now know that was The Rock. He was going to be a uh, rock bottoming a ref and uh, Shane McMahon through a table. And I didn't know what, who, the, who they were. I just knew that it was pro wrestling. And my dad was on the couch. And then he was like, hey, turn that, like, you know, f- like that fake crap off. I was like, oh, yeah, dad, yeah. Like, I was just agreeing with him because uh, I just wanted to, like, kind of fit in. But I wanted to watch it. But I was like, dang it. And um, it wasn't until, like, 2006. Well, also, I'm disappointed that I changed it on the Attitude Era because that was the Attitude Era, and I didn't know, and that was, like, the best. Uh, <laughs> when it was, like, the best, and I was like, man, now I look back, and I'm like, I actually changed the channel on The Rock? Like, what the heck am I thinking, man? <laughs> like, such disrespect. But um, that's the first time I ever saw it. And, uh, and like, when I actually started to watch it was – and I think it was 2006 or 2007. And the earliest I can recall is watching the big show uh, come out in WrestleMania, or I think it was a day before WrestleMania or something, where uh, Money Mayweather was on the crowd and he was going to be attacking Rey Mysterio. Um, I only knew Rey Mysterio, and like I was just watching, and I was like, huh, this is interesting. Like I don't know any of these guys. I'm going to watch it just so that I can know, like, oh, that's a good guy. That's a bad guy. Oh, what does he do for like a finisher? I know these wrestlers have finishers. And like I started to get invested in it, like just trying to, oh, I know this guy. I think his name is uh, Jeff Hardy. Oh, Dad, look, uh, he does uh, this flip. It's called a Swanton Bomb. And then I would just watch it uh, every week. I didn't have cable, so I couldn't watch Monday Night Raw. I loved watching Friday Night SmackDown. I thought it was, you know, the top uh, wrestling. Like, I was like, I'm not missing nothing on Raw. I, I love uh, SmackDown. Oh, yeah. Undertaker, was, Undertaker was there. Edge was there. Um, Triple H, I believe, ended up being there. Like, Shawn Michaels. Um, uh, but that's the earliest I can recall. But I just, you know, started to get invested. And it just, it started out just... I want to know who these wrestlers are. I want to know what their finishers are. I want to know this is his name. This is his finisher. And I just started to, <laughs> you know, start to fall into the, uh, oh, my God, he's really hurt. How's he going to get out of that? Like, <laughs> oh, this match is done. He kicks out. What the hell? You know, I, like, I would get goosebumps watching it. And I was just like, man, this is, like, better than movies and, like, like fighting. I was just, it, it, it's, like, everything you want in, like, one product and uh, obviously, I would start trying to do it in like my backyard or like on my sofa, you know, get a pillow and like, oh, I like that power bomb. Oh, Batista does it. I like Batista now, you know. <laughs> um, so that's like the earliest uh, recalls. Of yeah. yeah, that's a, I, I had a similar experience in that um, we didn't have we had terrestrial television. So my early memories, same age as you age seven but it was wcw what i saw firsthand so it was like goldberg sting nwo um booker t uh jeff jarrett bret hart and the like mm. and then and then from there we didn't have cable at that point so and the attitude era was kind of always um 
it was in the background in a way because I was kind of full on WCW because that's what I had access to and I enjoyed it, even though it wasn't necessarily. Now you look back and some of it's completely stupid, but some of it was amazing, even though people mm-hmm. don't like to admit that. <laughs> yeah. It's the same for WWE in the Attitude Era, even though people don't like to admit that. But um, mm-hmm. then kind of came around sort of 2002 and 2003 and like you i had access then to um satellite tv so my main wrestling came from smackdown in sort of 2002 and 2003 so like you you know it was guys like the undertaker kurt angle mm-hmm. eddie guerrero Rey mysterio edge you know that that talent pool of wrestlers just and like you you know you just get so absorbed into it and it's just so mm-hmm enjoyable to watch i mean mm-hmm. and smackdown as well I, th- I think this needs to be said as well but but even though smackdown was a tv show they had some really fantastic matches on smackdown mm-hmm. like really pay-per-view quality matches like do you have any favorite i've got one particular match i love from smackdown tv series but do you have one what sticks to mind what you saw on tv where it was like oh wow this is amazing for a tv show i mean not a pay-per-view um I don't know about match, but I was really invested in like a storyline with uh, Randy Orton, like CM Punk, um, and Jeff Hardy. Oh yeah. Um, whenever, whenever I saw them wrestle, like especially, uh, I don't know if Randy Orton actually did wrestle on SmackDown, but uh, maybe that's when I started watching Raw. But um, when I would watch Randy Orton in the ring, like just his movement, his mannerisms, everything I saw him do, I could believe it. I was like, if I'm walking down the street and he's looking at me like that, like I saw who I saw him in the ring. I could see him doing that like outside, like he's going to be, you know, um, being that character outside. Uh, he was yeah. just so believable and so crisp. You know, he's super tall and he does like a super good drop kick. He's so smooth in the ring. Um he was like a freak of nature for me. I was like, dude, like this guy's freaking amazing in the ring. Um, but let me see match. I mean, a match that stands out from SmackDown. Um, right now I can't really think of one. I just really, there's a lot of them, you know, but anytime, you know, like I said, (laughs) there are, there are so many, but I love the Mm -hmm. whole SmackDown six year of 2002 and those tag matches. And, the match, mm-hmm. what sticks out to me, what I loved was from 2003, and it's a match what doesn't get highly publicized a lot, but it was between, it was a triple threat between um, The Undertaker, Big Show, and uh, Brock Lesnar for the number one contendership, and Kurt Angle was on commentary, and uh-huh. it was like 15 minutes of these three big guys just going at it, hammer and tongs, like I'd never seen anything like it in my entire life and then mm. big show was on the top rope and it looked like brock lesnar was going to su- superplex him again through the mm-hmm. through the ring but then mm-hmm. Bre- then undertaker came and he last ro- uh, gave the last ride to brock lesnar phenomenal just phenomenal and those crowds were just you could not get Ooh. you could not yep. not get invested into it with watching something like that it was just fantastic mm-hmm. you know Makes me always feel nostalgic. Always, that's mm-hmm. why I love wrestling. That kind of happy vibe from it. That's what you yeah. want. Yeah, you know. I'm smiling right now, just picturing it, like the last fight, and just them, you know, milking it. Like, oh my god, just give it to him, give it to him, give it to him. Yeah. The last fight, <laughs> boom, one, two. You know, five. <laughs> it's um, yeah. It's such a it's such a great um experience because I mean, for you with um with COVID as well, just before we came on air, you know, have you um with fans not being able to go to events and things and with it being more sort of um, restrictive, has it kind of affected the performing of wrestling or are you excited more people are going to be coming in? That vibe, what you get from the audience and building the story up and stuff, is that an excitement now that that's coming back? Uh, Fans are important. You don't know how important they are until they're not there. Um, you know, that's what wrestling is. When they train us, they tell us to listen to the crowd. Uh, that's when we can know if we're doing a good job or not, if they're getting invested in the match or not. You can hear the crowd if they're getting wild up. Uh, if you're a heel, you know, you, it's your job to, like, if they're cheering for the babyface, it's your job to, like, make them quiet down and just to make them, like, dude, babyface, like, come on, like, beat this heel up. Like, don't let him, like, uh, beat you down anymore. Um, it does, uh, it's a good 
teaching, you know, when people aren't there. Because you, when you can't hear if you're doing a good job or not, you have to start relying on, uh, like, your training and, like, just kind of, like, just kind of assume, like, okay, this is maybe where the crowd will start, you know, um, chanting or, like, trying to get the baby face to fight back. Um, but you never know, uh, what, like, you don't know what you're going to miss until it's not there. And like, yeah. the crowd is like really important. Even when like watching, like I, I can still wrestle in front of no crowd. Cause that's how we train. That's how we would do our training matches. We don't really have a crowd, um, just the students, but they're not even like cheering. And it's just a different energy. You know, it's like, oh, this is why we're doing it. It's for a crowd to get them wild up. Uh, to tell a story in the ring, uh, to make people, you know, laugh, cry, cheer, to want to come back. I like this guy because he makes me feel like this. I don't like this guy because he makes me feel like this. And it's just like a whole new world. Um, but with the crowd not there, like, I still enjoy wrestling, but it's just not the same without yeah. the crowd, you know. Yeah. Um, it must have been kind of a bit of a, I mean, like you said about the, the training and things in front of, you know, peers and things like that, but then being out there in front of, um, or, or well, what would be a paying crowd, but them not being there, it must be a strange kind of um, experience that suddenly not to be um, apparent. And it's interesting you mentioned about the training because one of my questions was that you were, or have been trained as part of the um, Santino Brothers Wrestling Academy. Um, Santino Bros, yeah. Santino Bros, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, what was it like, or what is it like working with those guys? Because they really have a strong pedigree, and you know, um, from some of the guys coming up recently, you know, through the independent scene, they're really going high places. So, what's it like working with those guys? It's intimidating, especially when you're working with someone that you know is like way better than you, and you don't want to, <laughs> you don't want to mess up. And you don't want to look like a rookie in front of them. Like, that's just my mindset. Like, I want to show them that I belong in this, uh, like, in the same class as them. Um, they know their structure. Like, it's uh, intense. You know, they blow you up before you even start, like, the <laughs> real training. Like, the whole class is real training, but they blow you up because they want to see who really wants it. Uh, uh, it's like... It's like in that place, it's not like a fancy, like uh, a performance center. It's like like those old gyms where it's like the machines are old, but you can um, you can tell that you are going to get like the best work out there because yeah. it's, uh, it's nothing fancy. It's just you're there to put in the work. Uh, and it, like I said, it's intimidating in there at first, uh, but it's like my second home now. Um especially um it just teaches you to stay at to get out your comfort zone and if this is what you really want to do you have to go through the through the hard work first before you get the reward and like that's the reward is very like little meaning that you have to put in like so much before you start seeing and getting something back um from wrestling and they always tell you, you know, wrestling doesn't owe you anything, even if you feel entitled to. Like, I've been doing so much work. I've been putting in so many hours of studying. I do everything perfect in the ring. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, someone could come in, just train for, like, six months or whatever, or, like, a year, and then they get signed. And it's like, what the hell? Like, I do better than that guy or whatever. <laughs> like, it just it just depends what the booker wants uh and just what, you know, if it's in the cards for you at that moment and everyone has their time, my time hasn't come yet, but I will be ready once that time comes because the frustration of like, I didn't really understand about that, you know, like the frustration of like, oh, like I'm not going to worry about what other people are doing, but you kind of do, you get jealous and it's like, no, you have to worry about yourself. You have to worry about this is your road. Uh and you have to realize, like, maybe I wouldn't be ready to be at that sort of level if it was given to me. Um, but then again, you know, no one's really ready when that opportunity happens. You either sink or swim. So I'm giving myself the time to really make sure that I know everything. I Like, all the structures, make sure, like, my footwork is good, that my matches are good, my selling, you know, my punches, the movements in there are good, are believable, that my cardio is up to par. Uh, I, me knowing what to do if I get like lost in the match and not freaking out, which I'm doing way better. 
Um, but that that's what Santino Bros has done for me, especially when we do uh, open ring. You know, after they yeah. blow us, after they blow us up, after we learn, you know, maybe we're doing like a belly to back that day, and like a German, they make a spot out of those two, uh, and then they do open ring. Like, okay, uh, you're not gonna re- uh, talk about what you're gonna do before like a match. You're just gonna get in there and try to tell the best story you can and not freak out and like. That's where you really learn, and that's where you can see where you're at in your wrestling training. Uh, and that's a big part of Santino Bros. Is like, especially their open ring, and like them having like tough love, pretty much. Like, hey man, we're making we're making stars. We're not making like we're not just gonna let anyone graduate. Like, you have to know your craft, and you have to be safe. Yeah, and you have to have your, you know. Um, I'm I'm talking a lot, but it's just. That place is like they know what they're freaking doing. Like uh, Joey Chaos, Robbie Phoenix, Mongol, uh, uh, Jezebel Romo, uh, the students that were there, the alumni, you know, like Jake Atlas, Brody King, uh, Tyler Bateman, uh, Heather Monroe, Dom, Kubrick, uh, Lucas. Like you look at them and it's like I can be that this is their top products and uh, their top students. And if I follow the same footsteps and take this serious, I can be there too. And even, you know, uh, make my goals and dreams come true. And it's just, they, I, I trust Santino bros, like with all my heart, you know, they know what they're doing. They're not going to lie to you. And, uh, you earn everything at that school. So, yeah, I mean, um, I, I have great respect for what they do. Um, I think that they've got a really strong um, work ethic. You know, I think there's a lot of training schools out there for up-and-coming wrestlers, and I've watched um, now that things are opening up a bit and I've been following their YouTube um, stuff recently, their training matches, and they've been really enjoyable to watch and seeing how, like you said, the alumni have come on throughout the past several years is it speaks for itself because on on their particular youtube channel there are two matches um who you had um well there was one particular match i watched which i really enjoyed which was between you and tyler bateman i mean what was it like Mm -hmm. being in there with with tyler who is such a fantastic talent you know he's just such a unique talent to be in the ring i imagine to be in the ring with he's such a nice guy um he uh he was intimidating but only because like I respect that guy like so much and yeah. because he takes wrestling super serious and he was my second match uh at Santino Bros up all night so the first one was uh Lucas Riley I was like okay I th- I think I got this I I got this one and then they put me up with Tyler Bateman and I was like I was like, oh my gosh, like this is the sink this is the sink or swim match. I did not want to sink. Uh he was he's my coach. I don't wanna mess up. Um, but it was a huge honor and a really huge test. Um, like I said, he was he was a nice guy. He works with you with what you know. Uh he can make uh if you don't know much, like move sets, like he can still make a good story. And uh also it's a uh, like I said a good learning because I get to see how he structured his matches and I didn't understand some of the parts why he wanted me to do this and that and now since uh, the pandemic uh, I did nothing but like watch matches and study and write down every like move that the wrestlers would do now like I understand what he was thinking and at the time I didn't know and I was like freaking out like before the match I like forgot the whole match and I was like dude just relax just Step by step, just listen to him. Ask him uh, what's like the next spot if you forget. Uh, keep working. Uh, it was just a huge honor that you know, like he didn't have to say yes to the match if he didn't feel like I was ready for it, or if like you know, he he's uh, been wrestling for so many years. He doesn't want to get hurt, especially when you know he's a high talent and has worked that, that that's his only you know paycheck i believe so like it was just a huge learning experience and a huge uh sink or swim moment and like i don't know him as well as i would want to but i just he's such a fantastic uh a fantastic person and i look up to him like so much 
So for him to be my second match at the Up All Night was like a huge honor, and like I'm gonna cherish it. And I, it was, I was so happy to like sell for him, you know, like <laughs> like man, I'm gonna sell my ass off for this guy, and like um, and just I and he was like open to anything I wanted to do. Like there was a spot where like I asked him, hey man, is it okay if I like, you know, tease that I'm gonna do your finisher, your death from above? And I was like, man, I'm stepping on toes. Like why am I asking him that? He was like yeah sure and i was like what the f- what the hell like he said yeah sure i was like okay i was like and i was like I'm, I'm not gonna hit it on you you know because i feel that could be very disrespectful I'm, like, I'm not gonna hit it on you maybe you can cut me off but i was like just stuff like that and how um he's very patient with you and yeah he's a ring general um it was it was just great you know smiling thinking about that match but <laughs> yeah he really is, you know. I I've been mm-hmm. a massive fan of Tyler Bateman for a long mm-hmm. time from watching him in um, you know, the champ. Well, the United Wrestling Network promotions of Championship Wrestling mm-hmm. from Hollywood, and recently has been in um, well, he's in Ring of Honor, but also in uh, New Japan mm-hmm. Strong as well, where he's really been making a strong impression. No pun intended. Yeah. Um, and he really is so versatile in what he does, and he has such a unique... You know, you were talking about Randy Orton earlier on, the way he moves around the ring and the way he controls the ring, he just has mm-hmm. such a presence to him. And, I mean, oh, one yeah. of the interesting things about New Japan as well is that when I was doing some research, you mm-hmm. were photo- or you have an Instagram photograph um, on your profile where you're outside the New Japan dojo. Mm-hmm. So... Um, kind of what, how did that come about? And also, have you any desire one day to maybe go to Japan or to wrestle in Japan um, or train in Japan? Like, what, what kind of led to the to that kind of um, moment as well? So, I believe Brody King, um, he sent the, uh, the class, the Santino Bros class, um, on the website, he sent that there was going to be a seminar and a tryout with Rocky Romero and Shibata would be there. Um, wow. And he said, even if you don't want to go to New Japan uh, Pro Wrestling, like, I recommend you to, to like, do any tryout or any seminar. You need to do it. Like, you have to do it if you want to get anywhere in wrestling. And uh, I would I started actually watching New Japan before, like, the New Japan uh, LA Dojo moved down here, and I I like the style. Um, but that opportunity came from uh, Brody King just messaging the whole class saying like we need to go there, and like I went. Um, you know I uh, uh, after that seminar tryout, um, I I have been able to go to the dojo to train. Um, wow. Uh, I've trained with like. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but uh, with some of the young lions, I mean, they I probably didn't do much, but like they taught us like their way of like locking up, their way of uh, you know just how to tell a story. Um, yeah, feeling uh, you know how it is to take a bump and they're running the ropes. Wow, uh, just the the uh, the important stuff before all the flashy stuff. You know, the flashy stuff can go away. You need to be doing the normal fundamentals at a hundred percent, and I'm starting. I I actually start doing that in my matches now. You know, just the way they tell their story. I like doing it like that. Um, but that's how I went, and um, I have been doing actually a ring crew for like New Japan. I do, and I'm interested in uh, one day. You know, doing like New Japan Strong. Um, yeah. So like I'm just working my way in there, and. Um, there's there's some opportunities that are gonna come up uh, soon. I'm don't know if I'm allowed to say it, so I'm just saying you know uh, that I'm you know putting in the work to try to get an opportunity with them. Uh, so yeah, it's a whole new different world than like uh, uh, traditional wrestling. You know, yeah. they hit harder. Uh, <laughs> simplicity is like goes a long way um uh you know yeah it's just a whole different world um in there but yeah i i am interested i i eventually i would want to like you know work at every single like top promotion you know have like a a career like like you know aj styles where he wrestled everywhere you know impact roh uh he went to new japan you know he's been a champion everywhere 
yeah. he's just honed honed his craft. He's not just like WWE uh, superstar. He's like everywhere, like you know, uh, like Jushin uh, Thunder Liger. You know, like him. He's wrestled everywhere, and um, I feel like I feel like that's the kind of career I would want to have. Um, but I'm definitely, you know, um, I'm shooting for the stars, uh, and I'm shooting past the stars. So, but it oh, starts yeah. with, uh, putting in the work in the right now, you know, so yeah. definitely that's, that's awesome. That's really yeah. exciting. You know, mm-hmm. great, great, um, reference there as well to, I, I'm the same as you in that I, I feel that to be able to become a full, I don't mean a fully rounded wrestler, but the to show how great a wrestler truly is, is how they adapt to a different environment. Mm-hmm. So someone, for example, like AJ, who went from TNA then into New Japan, where and, and he'd been in Ring of Honor as well, and just unbelievable. And then he went to WWE, and he's now where he is in WWE, which is, ironically, you know, again, no pun intended, phenomenal. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, you yeah. mentioned Jushin Thunder Liger, who recently, Hall of Fame, WWE yeah. Hall of Fame inductee, you know, wrestled literally everywhere in the world. I don't think there's any promotion like I hasn't wrestled in and everywhere. Mm-hmm. He just, his longevity and his style and oh, his yeah. charisma is just infectious, you know. I mean, um, he's been WCW, Ring of Honor, like New Japan, WWE. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's probably been on Impact too, you know. Yeah, like he has, yeah. TNA maybe he's been in like triple a maybe I'd, I'd have to mm-hmm. look that up but he's you know every- like, that's like yeah. how you know he's been everywhere you know he yeah, literally has been way. everywhere and it showed with his work you know and it's interesting as yeah. well that you mentioned people who go everywhere because again when I was doing some research I saw that there was a a couple of photos you had taken at um Wrestlemania access access mm-hmm. sorry one was with Daniel Bryan, um, yes. and another was with <laughs> one of my favorite wrestlers, um, who sadly passed away last year, but yeah. was um, Brody Lee. Brody Lee, um, yeah. What was, I mean, it's it, it, so tragic what happened to, mm-hmm. to Brody, you know, such a wonderful man. I never had the opportunity to, to meet him in person, but what was it like meeting John Huber, not even Brody Lee, John, what was it like meeting him? Must have been a... He seems like a lovely man, or he seemed like a lovely man. For for the for the little time that I had with him to just have like one sentence with him, a few sentences with him, um, he seemed very nice. You know, he didn't let uh, he didn't let like the fame like get to him. Like, oh, I'm in WWE, I'm a superstar. Like, he just seemed like a normal person that is just loves wrestling. Uh, I asked him, or I, I told him, like, hey, man, are you going to win the Intercontinental Championship? He's like, whoa, that's what I'm going to try to do. And, like, he just has that, like, straightforward, like, sarcasm that you can yeah. see humor in. Uh, and I was just like, uh, like, what 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 made me fall in love with that dude with his wrestling was, you know, like, when he would say that, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then, like, sometimes he would, he would say, like, yeah, 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 and he'd smack the wrestler hard and then, be like getting in their face and like um i didn't get to see a whole bunch of him of his wrestling before he went to wwe but when i saw him there i was like became an instant fan and i was like dude brody uh not brody uh you know luke harper when he was in yeah. WWE, i was like dude luke harper's like right there we need to uh we need to go and meet him and i actually you know got his uh autograph on my uh uh, uh wwe championship belt um, oh wow yeah, but the little time that I was able to talk to him, it was like a huge honor, and it was just like, man, like, I just, I just wish, you know, that he would have been, uh, uh, you know, holding the main title and being seen as like a bigger, uh, a bigger contender, you know. Um, but I just, you know, it was an honor to, you know, meet him and talk to him for that little yeah. bit. Um, but like you said, uh, he he was one of my favorites. And then Daniel Bryan, uh, Bryan Danielson, you know, in the indies, which I study his matches a lot, his mm. footwork, how he tells his story. I got to meet that guy. I had I had all these questions I wanted to ask him when I was there. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't remember any of them. I was just like, dude, like, I took a photo with him and I was like, man, imagine if, like, I start wrestling training and I 
one day maybe I can like wrestle him and like I can show him the photo that I was there um and like you know just coming full circle you know that's what happens with wrestlers like Edge you know would take photos with like the other wrestlers and like eventually like full full circle comes and like he's in the ring with them you know like with like Hulk Hogan and like uh, I was just like getting like goosebumps and like Daniel Bryan is my favorite wrestler. Bryan Danielson is my favorite yeah. wrestler, like, of all time. Uh, like, it was just, like, a wake-up call, and then just, like, I, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to, like, be uh, for my life, a pro wrestler. And just, uh, I was just, it was, so I was just happy being surrounded with people that love wrestling. Like, I do the pro wrestlers that are, the attraction there, like, I get to meet the performers. Um, if I didn't get to meet them, at least I got to see them. Like, I saw Ryback, huge as heck. I was like, <laughs> Jesus, man, he's like three of me. I was, it's just like, they're larger, they're, they're larger than life, you know? Yeah. I was happy, like a kid in a candy store. Everywhere I looked was wrestling, like memorabilia, merch, uh, people talking about wrestling. You know, someone says, whoo! the whole freaking place starts wooing at the access you know yeah and you know it was just like dude like i don't want to fucking out of my bed (laughs) i don't want to no it's fine (laughs) Uh, yeah i don't want to leave man but uh yeah i met uh bro uh luke harper brian danielson and then i got to meet uh christian very quickly you know he's a very he's a very you know uh hey man how's it going like oh it's good are you going to have that one last match? He's like, oh, maybe, maybe. You know, he's just really, uh, not that talkative. Not that he's mean or anything, but, you know, he's just... Uh, down to earth. Kind yes, of. Yeah, yeah, down to earth, yeah. And it was yeah. just like, wow, you know, so... I love Brian Danielson, too. I yeah, followed man. Danielson in Ring of Honor, and him, him and Nigel McGuinness was the feud, which just, for me, kind of... I love Nigel McGuinness as well. Like Nigel McGuinness for me was just the way you talk about wrestlers and the way they work because he kind of was the original British Revolution wrestler along with, you could say with Doug Williams, but Nigel was kind of given the Ring of Honor world title and he went with it. And mm-hmm. those matches he had with Brian Danielson, they're all hard-hitting, they're all stories, mm-hmm. but they all play off one another. And they're all just those crowds go insane, and they did it all over the world, you know, in America, in Japan, in England, yeah. And just with Brian as well, just the little things he used to do on the indie scene, but he does now in WWE as well. But like, you know, I have mm-hmm. till five, and you know, like when he would <laughs> yeah. go, you know, and he'd go up to uh, Bobby Cruz and he would say particular ways he wanted to be announced, and you know, just little <laughs> subtle things what he would yeah. do, and. With with Luke Harper, Brody Lee as well. You know, I'd seen him on the Indies before I went to WWE, and um, the match what always sticks out to me, what he had was with um, the Wyatt family against the Shield at Extreme, mm. uh, sorry, Elimination Chamber 2014. Mm-hmm. That six man tag, which was just very rarely will you have anything where it's two stables of that level or, mm-hmm. or, or trios of that level going at it, and the the you could just feel it and just his mm-hmm. going out with Roman Reigns and then with Seth Rollins and who he'd wrestled mm-hmm. before I've seen Dean Ambrose it was just mm-hmm. magical stuff and oh yeah you know it, it, it again I think a guy like Brody Lee makes you proud to be a wrestling fan because he was so well or he is so well, well respected and such a great uh, inspiration in terms of his family and the way he looked yeah. after them, and such a such a great man outside of the ring as well as inside it, you know. And I have nothing but, although I never met him, I've always got great nice things as a fan to say about Brody Lee. Mm-hmm. He's one of the wrestlers I wish I could have met had I had the opportunity. Um, and you know, it, it's um, I think as well, like you were saying about training and and watching people work. I think if you want to watch somebody who completely takes away conceptions of a guy who should be of a particular size and how they should work. Brody mm-hmm. Lee slash Luke Harper does the complete opposite in that he would do the big dives, mm-hmm. he'd do the hurricane runners, he'd do all the crazy kind and of And he had lines. charisma, you know, yeah. after he did the dive he like his eyes would look at the camera. Yeah. And 
So when one of the other, like you were saying, watching a lot of um, wrestling, one of the other things what I found was that um, over the past few weeks, now that COVID is sort of opening up a bit, you've been having some Mm -hmm. training matches on YouTube for the Santino Mm -hmm. Bros School on YouTube. And has it been exciting getting back into the ring and having those training matches kind of getting in there again? Has that been exciting? Absolutely, especially just like when they say, all right, guys, go hold a hold. Like before, like I'd be timid, uh, but now like after being a year away from it and realizing that, you know what, I have to put up or shut up. Like I have to like mm. be like my coach always says, you have to have that little motherfucker in you. My uh, Joey Chaos always <laughs> tells me that. He tells me, dude, you're too nice in there. Uh, and I feel that's part of the reason why like uh, a lot of eyes aren't on me yet because my wrestling wasn't believable. And now like I have like a chip on my shoulder um, and going in there, it's like, you know what, like I'm not going to take shit from anyone anymore like i'm tired of being overlooked uh i know my worth uh so yeah just uh running hitting the ropes now uh i feel more different in there i feel like i hit them with purpose now i'm not gonna let uh me trying to be nice uh stop me you know um just really you know just watching a lot of brian danielson how and like new japan how the way they take people down uh when they do hold a hold uh it's like a shoot it's a shoot work but it looks like it's so real it's like dude like that's that's like if you're watching like ufc it's like you know they're not like hitting each other like on the face hard uh but just like the grappling it's like dude like that's this is entertaining man and a lot of people don't realize how important just hold a hold and grappling is to a match uh everyone always worries about like the high spots and stuff and like all the flashy stuff but it's like dude that's what's gonna set the table for the whole match you know, there's a reason why the person someone's going to get mad. It's because you're out wrestling them. And yeah. if you make it look, how are they going to get mad at the wrestler if they're going to make everything look all soft? Like, that's not yeah. believable. When, but when they're rough in there, it's like, that's why it's like, okay, mess that guy up. And that's like my mindset now. Like, I need to, uh, I, know, I know that I'm freaking good. I'm going to show it. I'm tired of, you know, the only thing that's stopping me is that I was too nice in there. And I, I think, I don't want to speak out of turn, but I think that's what Daniel Bryan would say, that he was too nice. And until he had to mm. turn that mean streak on, that's when people started looking at him. And I know that's what I need. I just would always stop myself from having that mean streak. But that's the wrestling that I love, that I like now, you know, from New, watching New Japan, watching Bryan Danielson, watching Samoa Joe in there, Luke Harper, uh, I mean, Brody Lee, uh, you know how they hit hard it's i pop every time you know i hear a loud ass like chop or like a clothesline <laughs> like dude this is freaking cool meat on meat fucking you know slamming like it's real it's entertaining yeah. it's makes you feel alive uh so even just doing the hold to hold like now like i do it with intention i'm not gonna hurt the person i'm not gonna shoot on them but now it, you it's gonna freaking be real but i'm gonna work with you in there um and it just makes the wrestling that much better. So, yes, I was very excited to uh, do the training matches. And I'm slowly, I'm not at the comfort level that I want to be at, you know, where I want to do this, 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 and this. I still feel like I need to be, you know, respectful. And, like, I sometimes I might come off as, like, a pushover, but I'm changing that. I'm just getting more comfortable. Like, okay, I am a star. You know, I'm not, I don't have the big name yet. I don't have, you know, all these accolades, but I'm working towards that while keeping my mind still humble but just because i'm humble doesn't mean i can't be uh you know like a hard ass in the ring which is what you have to do people are going to take liberties and if you don't stand up for yourself you're not going to get far in wrestling um so yeah the training matches are a good wake-up call and i know i need more training matches that's why i i'm doing them and why i'm going to training yeah Uh, and going every time i have an opportunity to go in the ring because now i know the importance i take it more serious than i was before so um, yeah yeah definitely showed in the work i've seen recently and one of the other things as well is that um you know the the gimmick change as well even though we're kind of 
talking out of kayfabe, but you know. Mm-hmm. So like originally you were form- well formerly known as Hyde, um, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, I hope I am. And yes, then yeah. you were, um, what kind of inspired the gimmick change to uh, El Primaginio? Was it through COVID or was it again that you felt you needed to elev- what what is uh, rather than me kind of come up with a question what inspired the change basically what inspired it <clears throat> so with the hide gimmick um i liked it i was interacting with the crowd good but like i said putting in the work during the pandemic when the students weren't allowed uh santino bros actually had to close down because of the pandemic so mm-hmm. What Joey Chaos did, he did uh, online classes, and I took every single one of them. Uh, every time he uploaded uh, a new uh, six-week course, I, I would ask him, you know, hey, man, is it cool if I join? He said, yeah, man. And, like, a big thing in wrestling are promos. And mm. with Hyde, with Hyde, he doesn't really talk. Um, I didn't believe he spoke, so every time I would have to do a promo, I didn't believe what I was saying, and I was like, like man, like uh, we did a promo battle, and uh, the coaches would grade each of the students' promos, and like I got the second lowest one, so I got like a two point five out of five stars, and like I I got the second lowest, and that made me feel like shit, and I was like, you know what, like promos is where it's at. That's what's gonna keep me in the main event spot. That's what's gonna make me in like you know the having a championship title runs which is what i want i want to be a champion i want to be in the main event i want to be the it guy and if i don't do good promos i'm not going to get anywhere and like i was so pissed off that i got you know 2.5 stars i was like what the fuck like i need a change uh i was like f this man like i need to I, I would talk to ruby rays which is a huge help she was she's always been a huge help for yeah. me you know uh telling me how it is just letting my frustrations out with her and her telling me hey if you feel this way you might need to do your gimmick change and i would be like you know i tried the whole hide thing for a year it went good but i noticed that it's really hard to get bookings with that because right now is the era of reality and like jake atlas would always like he would he tells me like yeah you have a like a cool gimmick but like it's not real like that's not People can see through you, you know, there's no one... Back then, gimmicks were fine because it was new, wrestling was new. So, like, if you saw Ultimate Warrior, like, dude, he really is that crazy, you know? If you saw Macho Man, like, I... No, like, he's not playing a character. That is Macho Man Randy Savage. Now, you know, if you try to uh, do, like, a gimmick... Like, uh, The Undertaker worked because, like, we didn't know much about him. And, like, every time anywhere someone would see him, he would be wearing black, he would have his hair down, he would have his glasses, he wouldn't really talk, he would be walking like The Undertaker out there. And now it's the era of reality where you could see through the bullshit. And, like, sometimes, you know, like, in interviews, I would be talking like this if I ever, you know, uh, uh, like, had to talk. It's like, oh, we're talking with Hyde, how are you? People probably expect me, you know, to be acting like, hey, Ashkaya. Um, but I have to, I have to be talking. So like, I was like, you know what? Like I, it took a lot for me to realize that like Jake was right. I felt like, nah, I'm gonna prove him wrong. But it was like, I understand now. And I was like, you know what? I have to do it now or never. And, uh, it was just a really good wake up call during the pandemic, um, of how important being real in the ring is and gimmicks are cool. They're funny. They're, they're awesome. They makes the crowd interact. But is that going to get you signed, you know, in the end? Are you trying to make, you know, like, uh, I just knew it was time for change. Yeah. Um, and when I changed the gimmick, I ended up getting second place. Uh-huh. Uh, and I was like, okay, uh, uh, like, I, it was a good choice. Uh, mm. So I'm stripping, like, hide and switching to El Primo Genio because I need to be, I'm, I'm, I'm charismatic. I'm like funny. Um, that can still get over with the crowd, but I, now, like, uh, I just have to figure out um, how to be myself in the ring because I've been hide for so long. It actually does like put a dent in you, where it's like, oh, I don't know. This is what I would always do. I'm normal. I'm 
only familiar to doing it this way. Like I have to uh, retrain myself in a way. So uh, that was the big part was that I just, the promos I was not doing well. And I know the importance of promos. So that was a big one. Yeah, I mean, um, definitely from looking on social media and seeing, you know, the sort of um, way you present yourself um, as Primo Hino, it definitely is a complete 180 in terms of, you know, character and, you know, you can definitely see in much more of an air of confidence in you and the way you're working and, you know, the way you're holding yourself. Because one of the things what's so striking to me um with any gimmick is the mm. attire and things. And I love the look, what you've got and that jacket, that gold jacket with the spikes is awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, is that, um, what inspired that particular jacket? Like, I know it sounds quite a silly question, but I love that mm. jacket. So what inspired it? Was there a particular film a, or wrestler uh, or what was it? Well, it's not a silly question at all. Um, eventually, uh, at first, I was just going to come out with a jacket, like, just a black jacket. But uh, I remembered, you know, my coach saying, you know, you have to stand out. Like, and there's a lot of people that walk out with black jacket, leather jackets, you know. They all look the same. So I knew I had to stand out. Um, so I would be just thinking, like, man, what do I, what should, can I add to this jacket? So I, I had this, like... Uh, I don't know if they're, what are they called? Like, they're called studs. So I put some studs yeah. on the left side. I was like, okay, it looks pretty cool. And then I painted it a white box on the back just so that it can just uh, look like, just to add something to it. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, oh, wait, I need to come up with a logo. Like, because you have to have a logo. You have to, you know, have all these stuff if you want to be uh, profitable and just people to invest in you. So it's like, okay, I need to make a logo. I made the ETP for El Primo Genio Trebeca. Mm. I put it, I painted it in the white box and I was like, okay, cool. And I was like, all right, I think I'm done. But then I was like, you know what? Like I was looking at uh, Eddie Guerrero um, in WCW and he had that white jacket with that red design on his arm. Oh yeah. Uh, And I was like, that jacket looked awesome. It stood out. I was like, huh. Something with the arm, I like that. I was going to do the same design, but I was like, you know what? Like, I have to come up with my own logo. So uh, I thought uh, I wanted something to go, you know, on the shoulder, down the arm, and going down, like, the back. And I was like, hey, maybe I can put the T on there. And, like, I don't really think people realize that that's a T for Trebeca. So, uh, yeah, I just painted it on there. Um, I ended up painting a... Uh, I made another logo because I was like, I need to have two. So I did one with my initials, uh, ETP. And then I did another one with my uh, my character, which is a Primo Genio Trebeca. Is like, I feel like self-centered, almost like I'm the shit, you know, I'm very godly. <laughs> I'm very godly, like, like, don't touch me, you know, like, uh, just like a scumbag. And what's more scum than having your own face on, like your own, like on your own merchandise or your jacket? Mm. And I got the face idea from uh, <laughs> um, what's it called, uh, Emperor's New Groove, where his face was gold and like oh, it would yeah. be on the walls. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, I could do something like that. Oh, that's and cool. I had the spikes on there just to show that I have some edge, and because um, I liked how it looked on Chris Jericho's jacket. And I was like, you know what? If people are going to think I'm copying him, maybe I am. I'm not trying to. I'm only going to have it on one shoulder. It makes me, like, you know, look like I have an edge to me. And it just, uh, the, I remember my coach saying, you know, also, um, sometimes promoters hire you because of your gear. And I, rem- I something that I remembered was this wrestler had spikes. And that's one of the reasons why I, like, that stuck in my mind. And I was like, oh, okay. So, like, I had the spikes. Uh, uh, I put the T on the jacket. I put the studs on it. I put some gold around the studs. I put my two logos, and uh, I was like, okay, like it's a black jacket is not gonna stand out. Now it's gonna stand out because it's shiny, and also you know it's shiny and gold. And like I wanted to, you know, oh this guy thinks he's like he's such a, like a, into himself. 
Um, so I feel like I kind of did a good job showing that on the jacket. And as for like the pants, those are my hide pants. I'm getting new gear made. So, uh, uh, so I'm going to have a complete look, a uh, different look. So, uh, yeah, the only thing that changed was like the knee pads and the jacket. Yeah. And now everything's going to be changed. So, uh, that's where the inspiration came for the jacket, you know, Eddie Guerrero, uh, the spikes, you know, just Chris Jericho and my coach <laughs> saying you got to stand out. Um, and the logo, you know, from uh, Emperor's New Groove and then the <laughs> ETP just, you know, um, I kind of got the idea from like, I think it'd be like JBL, you know, his JBL was like small J, small L and then the big B. Yeah. And then I pu- did that for my initials, putting the T in the middle because uh because I thought it would look weird, just E, uh, P, the big P, which my main name, I felt my name, my main name, uh, first letter needed to be big. And I was like, it needs to be in the middle. Like uh, Tony Montana uh, from uh, Scarface, you know, I kind of looked at his uh, logo too. And I was like, okay, I kind of like that, you know. He had the big uh, T and then the M for, you know, his... Uh, the big T was his, you know, Tony Montana. Yeah. Because uh, that's what stood, that's his, you know, his name. Uh, so, yeah, that's, I, I'm talking a lot, but just that's where the idea came from. No, not at all. I was about to say that's awesome, you know, and that mm-hmm. level of creativity and being able to see more of that coming out throughout COVID and not kind of sitting and waiting for rings to open well for for events to start again that you know mm-hmm. coming up with a new style of gimmick and you can't come up with or you can't have better inspiration than chris jericho eddie guerrero and of course the emperor's new groove yeah. <laughs> fantastic <laughs> fantastic um, and and around my face i put the spikes because like why am i gonna have spikes on my jacket but then like why are they there? And it's like, okay, I need to put the spikes <laughs> in my logo. I found a way to make it look like a sun. So I'm like the center of the sun, you know? So oh. it's like, man, this guy's so freaking full of himself. You know, that's instant heat, you know? Like, get this guy the heck out of here. Like, who? no one wants to see your face all gold and shit, you know? <laughs> so. That's awesome. Because um, yeah. one of the one of the kind of final questions I've got is that you are one of yeah. the promotions you have been working for recently, um, and is full spectrum promotions based down mm-hmm. in uh, San Diego. Mm-hmm. And what's it like working for the um? Uh, so I've said here the F- FSP brand. What's it like working for Full Spectrum? Um, it kind of it's kind of in like the same family as like Ground Zero, which is uh a uh, b-boy uh he is oh yeah book, booker uh, uh i believe and uh the owner is uh his, his name's bones um they're super uh nice to me they're um they treat me like really well um uh it's sometimes like the way someone treats you uh goes a long way and it means a lot to me how well they treat me and I respect them and they respect me back. Um, they show politeness and I'm just like, man, like I don't have any problems with anyone there. Um, like I said, being nice to me and like just showing me respect and I show them respect and just their hospitality goes a long way for me. So I would gladly, you know, work for them. Like I choose my bookings carefully, but, uh, the way they treat me, um, whether they pay me or not, um, which they did, uh, I didn't do it for the money. Um, I did it because of how Bones treats me and yeah. how B-Boy treats me and how the wrestlers, all the wrestlers there treat me, how the fans are there. You know, that's where I got my first, you know, Hyde chant uh, where, like, the whole crowd was getting really invested in me. So, like, they believe in me and I believe in them, so I'm... Uh, obviously always going to be uh open to working with bones and at full any any uh corporation that he's involved in you know i'm gonna do it for him and for me you know um you know because he has like a canna pro wrestling uh he has his uh the dulce de lucha i believe was the promotion i were for the f uh full sale yeah. uh and then uh, Ground Zero and Level Up, you know, which is their training, their school. 
And tr- and at level up is actually where I was starting to feel more comfortable, and like where the fans were starting to see how I really am in the ring, and they liked it, and it carried on to Ground Zero, and you know, um, that's where you know uh, I would grow a lot. Like I grew a lot in Santino Bros, but like just going different places uh, at Ground Zero, at Ground Zero, and level up really built up my confidence to like, okay, like I do have something here. And I don't need the hide gimmick to do that. It's me that they like. Um, yeah. I just have to be more comfortable with being a primogenio. Um, uh, so, yeah, you know, it's really good wrestling there, you know. Yeah. It looks it looks cool from the clips I've seen online and what I've seen, you know, and it's great seeing you come out as, um, you know, as ETP as well and seeing the transformation and seeing how um, you've grown over the past, you know, two three years from especially with the pandemic as well and how like you said it has i can definitely see from what you've said that the the training and the studying really has kind of um improved um the way you um are because like i said you really i really know that you are destined for great things from seeing you in the ring and seeing you uh, gimmick work well I don't mean to say it kind of like you don't want to break kayfabe but character work and things mm-hmm. like that and mm-hmm. and the commitment you know it really is showing and you know I think um, the matches what I've seen as well with Tyler Bateman and you know the training matches you've recently had against the guys at Santino Bros they've been you know fantastic so I'm really really excited to see what the future holds for uh, ETP and that's kind of my final question so what does the future hold for uh, El Primo Mejino Trebeca what does it hold well anywhere I work at I want to work my way to the top to having the championship uh, title um, having good matches just keep improving working my way up if I start from the bottom then, you know, find a way to move on to the next level and then move on to the next level. Um, so uh, that's where my goals are right now, you know, to anywhere I work at um, to start just moving up, you know, from the first match to try to being, you know, like, like after the uh, or like the 15 minute break or whatever they have, like we're going to take a little break, you know, the first match that just, you know, just making sure that I keep moving up and not staying stale and uh, complacent. And always moving forward, you know, um, and not getting frustrated with, like, wanting it all right now, knowing that it takes a lot of work and patience. And just because people aren't, I don't feel people are, like, talking about me. They probably are, and they see my hard work, and uh, it will pay off, even on days that I don't want to go training. I have to, because it's going to pay off, you know. So. Absolutely, I, I I know that, and I can see that, and I'm seeing that right now. You know, from the work I've seen this year, and you know, the work you've put in over the past few years, and I know that you know the world is ready to see you know ETP on the grand stage, and I hope that you. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what will come from 2021. You know, you've given us a little preview in the interview to a few things, so I'm excited. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm excited mm-hmm. to see what's going to happen, and then yeah. you know the um the future for uh, you going into not just 2020, sorry, 2021, but beyond as well. Mm-hmm. So just thank you for coming on the show, and thank you for allowing me to interview you this evening, and um. Just finally, um, where are people able to find you on social media, Twitter, Instagram, the like? Just let people know. Well, thank you for having me on your uh, podcast. Uh, and also, you know, nothing of this would have happened without, you know, my school, Santino Bros. I always need to put them over because they've done a lot for me. Uh, but on all my social medias, on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok, um, you can find me at El Primo Genio and on like even on YouTube, you know, El Primo Genio Trebeca. But uh, yeah, on all social media platforms that you can think of on Twitch, even it's El Primo Genio. I made it easy for you guys so because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like easy. I don't have to want to work hard to find someone that I want to look for. So that's where you can find me at. Awesome. And I'll put all the links to your social media in the description for all those people so they can follow ETP in your journey going forward in 2021 and seeing where 
the future holds for you, as I said, and just thank you again for coming on. And uh, I will say as well, thank you to, as as you just said now, to the Santino Bros for all your great work as well, what you do mm-hmm. is train your trainers and just the work you're putting out at the moment as part of the school, you know, the matches you're putting on. Because without, even though we're in this COVID situation, you're still going out there and entertaining us. So thank you for continuing to entertain us um, through these difficult times. Uh, thank you for the support. And uh, yeah, let's keep on working on you too. Uh, congrats on where you're at the podcast. Hope to they keep growing, you know, and learning. Thank so. you. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, looking forward to, you know, sharing more of your um, work with the wider audience of uh, BBG. And um, just to finish off, everybody, as always, you can find BBG Wrestling on Twitter at BBG Wrestling, and you can find our website at www.bbgwrestling.com. 